lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy, what day is it? Tuesday. Tuesday, thank you. The days are kind of, they're running together right now, man. (laughs) I mean, getting up at 6 a.m. to do C-SPAN, 6 a.m. the next day to do Newsmax, and it just, the days are running together. But it's a good problem to have uh, when you've got a best-selling book. You even get reviewed in Sri Lanka. I don't know, did you see that this morning? I did. And it's a really good review. It's huge in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Sri Lanka, actually, according to that dude, sounds like a pretty nice place to live, at least when it comes to coronavirus mitigation. Indeed. Yeah. So that review, uh, you know, uh, Omar Khan was his name. So if you're tuned in, brother, thank you very much. As uh, we continue to roll, even though we are getting throttled, uh, to borrow a term from National Review, which found out that uh, what we have talked about privately amongst ourselves for the last few days, but I didn't really want to bring it up because I felt like, you know, there's a lot worse examples of big tech censorship than dropping my book from number one to number five or whatever. All right. But yes, uh, we, so many of you have been emailing us uh, for the last few days. And uh, yes, uh, they're making it harder for you to search for the book. We noticed it as well. Uh, we talked about it, but then we just had so many other things going on uh, with book promotion. But uh, uh, yeah, that's a thing. So when you go to Amazon.com, you better type in Faucian Bargain all the way or just type in my name. Although some of you have told me typing in my name won't bring you the book either. All right. Well, so typing in Fauci and bargain all the way, they'll they'll, literally the video that I showed yesterday of the screen screen capture. It changes it. Changes it after you enter yes. them, yeah. the Faustian bargain. Yeah. After you already hit enter. And it's also funny where you end up, it's not even just books. You end up like getting furniture and yeah. things like this. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe the maybe the largest corporation in the world just suddenly sucks at uh, their search engine. You think that could be it? No. Yeah, I don't think that's it either. Oh, by the way, greetings. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. You just joined us in the middle of our coffee talk here amongst ourselves. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here, as well as Aaron McIntyre. If you'd like to join us today, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Also, look for us at the free speech alternatives there for Steve Dace on Parler, Gab, and MeWe. And if you're looking for clips of the program, this was not an example of big tech censorship. We made this decision yesterday at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. They'd already put a strike on our show for telling the truth about Anthony Fauci. So we made the preemptive decision to take down the full C-SPAN interview because a lot of the same uh, fact, factual information that they struck before is in that interview. Uh, so that was not YouTube censorship. We made that decision editorially here locally. We took it down in order to avoid a second strike, but you can still get that full assault on Karen Stan that is uh, still up on the C-SPAN website. The link is pinned to the top of my Twitter page or just go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. It's there too. No censorship there at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. All right, coming up on the show today, wisdom at times, prophesying at times, comes from the least likely places. Later today for Pop Culture Tuesday, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going back now for family movie night every now and then and watching something that we enjoyed when the kids were little just for some nostalgia, okay? And so we went back on Sunday, and it's the first time I had seen it all the way through in several years, and rewatched the original Lego movie. Wow. 
I mean, wow. I mean, that movie prophesied. I mean, it wasn't just a laugh out loud, laugh out loud, funny at times, extremely clever, but there was some prophesying in that film. We're going to talk about that coming up for Pop Culture Tuesday. Next hour, some of you may have seen this video. It went viral, made it on Fox News and several other national outlets from right here in our backyard in Des Moines. A community activist that we've introduced you to before, Will Keeps, who's working on real unity uh, both socioeconomically, racially here in our community. He put out a video with a member of the Des Moines Police Department. It's offending all of the right people. Uh, so we'll talk to the two individuals that, that put that music video out coming up in the next hour of the show. Tomorrow, or, or next segment, I should say. See, I'm already wanting to skip ahead days. Uh, next segment for, for fake news or not. We're going to try to help you answer some of the common objections because I've heard from so many of you that are sending this out to pastors, leaders, uh, your supervisors at work, uh, people in your state legislature, in your community leadership, own family and members and friends who are just caught up in this web of Faucian deception. And so you're probably starting to get some pushback. We wanted to help prepare you for that pushback. We're going to do that for fake news or not at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Mass Coles on Parade. Spirit Airlines is at the butt end of yet another controversy involving a toddler who didn't wear a mask. This time on a flight from Orlando to Atlantic City, a family of four, including a pregnant mother, a special needs child, and a two-year-old child, along with the entire plane, was deboarded after the two-year-old was found to be eating without her mask. She's just turned two a month ago. I understand. It's five and up. What does she feel? I'm trying to wear it. She keeps going. Okay, I'm going to call the police. Have them. No problem. No problem. I've got my lawyer on the case. The family was given a warning before being allowed back on the flight by Spirit Airlines, who says it was actually the parents and not the two-year-old who were not abiding by the mask policy, a direct contradiction of the video in question. And then there's this. An undated video surfaced recently of a woman who berated a food delivery person for not wearing her mask correctly. My girl here wants me to come out of the elevator so she can come out of the elevator. Because it's a small space we're supposed to maintain social distancing. I don't understand why you can't just politely step but out to allow me out of both. the elevator. When I asked you nicely, well, you have been wearing your mask. You didn't ask me nicely. You said life. get the f*** out the elevator. I said that after you refused no, 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 to get no, no. out. You have a giant but wall. Oh, shit. Is this slightly. incorrectly worded? It wasn't like that the whole f- a reminder that this woman was there ostensibly delivering food so that this other hysterical little girl could stay in her residence, possibly forever. Of course, the insolent fiends in the previous two videos are only upset merely because they know masks actually work. And places like Texas, who lifted their mask mandate and capacity restrictions at restaurants just about a month ago, is now a smoldering pile of ash. Oh. Dr. Fauci, your thoughts? You know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks. I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. It's very difficult to just one-on-one compare that. We've been fooled before 
by situations where people begin to open up, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, several weeks later, things start exploding on you. Speaking of Texas, the Texas Rangers hosted the first American event in over a year without capacity restrictions yesterday. And it's kind of a beautiful sight, we guess. More on that later. Not to worry, though. Dr. Fauci says this will be the event that's sure to be the beginning of the end of the newfound freedom from the scary virus Texas has enjoyed. You know, you see the pictures of the Texas Rangers Stadium essentially crowded. You're really taking a pretty big risk. If we can just hang in there a bit longer, because every day that we hang in there and not just give in to getting away from all restrictions, every day we do better and better. Back to baseball, Texas Governor Greg Abbott was scheduled to throw out the opening pitch for the Rangers yesterday, but he announced he declined the invitation out of protest against Major League Baseball's decision to move their all-star game out of Georgia because the state passed a law ostensibly making it harder for Democrats to steal elections. Quote, it's shameful that America's pastime is being influenced by partisan politics. The MLB has found a new home for their all-star game, reportedly. Colorado, who has more restrictions of voting laws than Georgia. Moving on, but not really. Damn, we just can't quit Dr. Fauci, who has at least one cheerleader in the Senate, a Republican. We'll give you three guesses as to whom. I I, I think he's the the principal person we've relied on. We have to take advice from somebody and from myself. Looking at his history and background, uh, he's the most reliable witness I've seen. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, we need to repeal Mitch McConnell root and branch. And now would be a good time to take a ride in the Wayback Machine. There's this story from The Hill, March 10th, 2020. GOP senators tell Trump to make Fauci face of government's coronavirus response. The story goes on to explain how unnamed GOP senators pressured the White House to utilize Fauci more publicly, saying Mike Pence wasn't getting the job done. I wonder who those senators were. Moving on for real this time, and on the topic of murder, it seems you can now get away with it. Remember that one time the NBC affiliate in Denver, Colorado hired a security guard, in air quotes, to protect the camera crews during coverage of Black Lives Matter violence last fall, and how that unlicensed, and yes, that was something that was not reported at that time, unlicensed guard named Matthew Doloff murdered a Trump supporter in cold blood? Well, he's had his arraignment delayed for at least a second time, meaning he's still out on bond for the foreseeable future. In Washington, D.C., two black teenagers who murdered a Pakistani immigrant and Uber Eats driver while attempting to steal his car have reached a plea deal. The suspects, 13 and 15 years old, were charged with the murder of 66-year-old Muhammad Anwar. The deal would ensure that the two minors will not be held until they reach the age of 21 or be placed in a prison facility. We're approximately 11 stories into today's montage and 20 stories into this week's montages. And have you noticed a glaring omission? Just to illustrate how effective the art of memory holding has become, I forgot to put this story in yesterday's montage, and I just now remembered to put it in today's. On Friday, the U.S. Capitol was placed on lockdown after a car crashed into a security barrier where two Capitol Police officers were standing. A man got out of the car with a knife before he was shot by the police. One police officer died from his injuries, as did the suspect, 25-year-old Noah Green, a follower of Louis Farrakhan's Nation of Islam. Get this, authorities still say they're searching for a motive. And now an update on the southern border. You know, I heard this rumor they detained two men from Yemen at the southern border. Let's do a Google search for this. Two Yemeni 
men. Okay, here's a result from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Seems like a pretty good source. Access denied? Oh, well, I guess it never happened. And finally, if you're a fan of football, you may remember the NFC Championship game from earlier this year between the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Packers, of course, made the controversial, <clears throat> stupid decision to kick an inconsequential field goal from the eight-yard line with just over two minutes left in the game, handing the ball back over to Tom Brady. Of course, the Packers lost that game, and one person who'd probably like to have you forget that episode is Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who's guest hosting the game show Jeopardy this week. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> That is a great question. Should be, should be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose zero. And that's what happened while we were away. That's the greatest final Jeopardy answer of all time, or at least since Cliff Clavin. Wrist it all. What was the category? Do you remember on Cheers? Wasn't it like postal regulations or something? He's like way ahead. He's way in first place. And like the categories like postal regulations or something. Remember, he was a postman and he lays it. He puts it all down and he blows it or something at the end. I think is how it went. I mean, that was that's some and and props to Aaron Rodgers, by the way, who let's face it, has a reputation, a bit of a prickly reputation. Right. And rightly so. And he has earned it. He has earned that rep. But he handled that about as smoothly as, as, as possible. So props to him for that. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. You know, whether it's back, knees, neck, shoulder pain, you know, for me, it is the, the lift or the left hip flexor. The underlying cause, unless you're dealing with an injury right now in the immediate, if that's the case, go get medical help. But if it's one of those nagging chronic things, the underlying cause is likely inflammation. And you got to defeat that inflammation or it can cause permanent damage. And you're looking for something that does more. More than those pain relievers or topical rubs. They help maybe get you through the day by masking the symptoms, but they don't deal with the real problem. And that's why you're looking for a product like Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It attacks the inflammation that is causing your pain. I use this product as part of my regular regimen as well, so I would highly recommend it. If you're suffering aches, pains, stiffness, of the chronic variety, you need to try Omega XL, and right now we're going to let you try it. Uh, order one bottle right now, get a second one for free. Buy one, get one free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Buy one, get one free today at OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. I think it was Soul Seats, and I can never pronounce the name right. Um, that that said, Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn, thank you. That said this about the Soviet Union. Um, they're lying. <laughs> we know they're lying. They know that we know they're lying, and yet they continue lying anyway. We have reached that stage with Anthony Fauci. The bluff has been called. And to show you how far he is off of his talking points. He didn't even acknowledge that you had to wear a mask to show up at the sold out Rangers stadium yesterday. He's off his he's he's well off his meds. See, a few months ago, well, maybe longer, 
let's say at this time in the fall, he still would have had enough control over this narrative that he would have pivoted to, well, you know, I think that's really dangerous. It's a little premature for that, but thankfully they're all wearing masks and we know that masks work, right? Yes. He didn't even have time to lie about that because it's slipping away. The narrative is, 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 the reach has exceeded the grasp here. The bluff has been called. Now it should have been called a long time ago. We can't do anything about that now. We, we can't do anything about last year now. All we can do is just not let last year ever happen again. Right? We can't do anything about that. Can't change the past. Hopefully, though, we can learn from it. But the bluff has been called. Where is your faith in your masks? Do they work or not? If they do, then what was wrong with what Texas did yesterday? Right? Right. Shouldn't, I mean, if, if they protect you better than the vaccine, if the mask is indeed the tool of ignorance, I'm sorry, of deliverance, then the real complaint is that we weren't doing what Texas was doing a long time ago. So the only reason to be concerned about what happened yesterday is if the mask doesn't work. And then if the masks don't work and we don't see a massive spike in the Arlington area of Texas here in the next few weeks, what does that say about any of your regulations? Remember the social distancing regulation, even Scott Gottlieb, who's been a complete and total hack during this entire process, despite the fact there are some people in our business that continue to promote him, but he's a hack, has been a hack from day one. He's now admitting to you that they literally just made up the social distancing thing literally out of thin air. That the the six feet thing literally just got made up. Remember he said that yesterday or, or last week. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's flat earth voodoo. That's a rain dance. How, where did rain dances, moon dances come from? Some shaman somewhere said, if you do this, Dormammu will deliver. Oh, all right. Sound great. Hey, boo boo. Smarter than the average bear. All right. I mean, that's where they come from. And that's essentially what social distancing was. It was a moon dance. Hey, I read it somewhere. Somebody else read it somewhere. Somebody else read it somewhere. And someone with a title said, yeah, do that. And so everybody just, yeah, do this. It doesn't work either. But see, they're losing control of the narrative here. First of all, look, what was the network he was getting asked about this on? CNN. It's not even safe for Anthony Fauci to go on CNN now. Even worse, it was MSNBC. Oh, was it MSNBC? That's right. CNN was where they asked him about the uh, the issue before with the schools. That's where he got. Mm-hmm. Let's not fight for They're that. both terrible. That's We're true. Good. Yeah, thank you. So it's not safe for him on either one of those channels. No, the narrative is gone. This is the time to press the advantage. This is some straight up BS. Just straight up. We're just malevolently BSing now, man. We're just making stuff up. Well, you know, it's hard to know. Hard to know. A year later, when we have all the data now, we don't need anything from China. We have all of our own. And we have a 1.8% case fatality rate, which is a 0.18% infection fatality rate when you factor in the asymptomatic. 
Median death age of 78. 80% of the people that were hospitalized for COVID, morbidly obese. We know. No. What he means is it's getting harder to lie. Anthony Fauci is lying. We know Anthony Fauci is lying. Anthony Fauci knows that we know that he knows that he's lying. And yet Anthony Fauci continues to lie anyway. And it's going to be very fascinating here in the coming weeks where you're hearing this talk of cases, new cases. You know where this is happening in all the places that they did exactly what Anthony Fauci said to do. Lockdowns don't work. They don't work. But they do kill. I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. Well, read all about it, number one. Uh, yeah. I, I've did, done this several times today um, on Twitter in reaction to other facets of this. You know, told you. I can't stress enough. It's not... It's not it doesn't need to be said because we can do anything about it. It needs to be said because to beat this cult, we have a civil war against, and we do. We have got to acknowledge that we had the information to do the right thing, not just regarding Fauci, but this virus and this country and how to survive this. We had it a year ago. Our elites, our experts are deeply deeply wanting which is why when i say do not ever allow yourself to believe that going back to normal means that there's a normal to go back to i get why we just don't want certain hassles anymore i don't want those either but i immediately and i mean immediately once that hassle goes on you need to pick up the next one because they're going to choke the life out of you with something it's what that gal in the in the um, elevator yes they're everywhere that's, that's a cult they're teaching you that that's a cult they're professors they are in government she's not unique she's everywhere yes she is she is again to borrow an expression used in a even better selling book legion she's legion She's insane. That's, you know, you, you read about wailing, gnashing of teeth, and you read stuff in the Bible about people cutting themselves, or you read about ancient <laughs> pagan religious yeah. rituals. That's what it looks like. Because progressivism isn't a political movement. What That's is right. It? What it's a people... religion. It's the rival religion. It is the spirit of the age in which we live. It is, the, it is the rival spirit of the age religion that has arisen to replace the Judeo-Christian bedrock of Western civilization. Two worldviews are walking into that steel cage, folks, and only one's coming out. I promise you. Only one is coming out. And you're not getting a religious conscience clause. All right? Yeah, burn, it's going to be that one or ours. Not, and nothing in between. Burn your nothing. coexist bumper sticker. That's exactly right. I've listened to you for far too long, Steve, I think, because five minutes after I tweeted the exact uh, version of the Solzhenitsyn tweet, you did as well. And then I was, right, was going to go right to the part where Elijah, after calling the prophets of Baal's uh, bluff, I was going to read that part. It approached midday, 
and they shouted even louder, and they sliced themselves with swords yes. until the blood flowed as was their custom. That's what this is. <laughs> yes, it Texas is. Texas and Florida. It's easy. It's easy to memory hold one state, but it's hard to do it when more start to join the fray, like it is in Texas. What you just saw there from Fauci... As you alluded to, Steve, this was the shouting even louder. This mm-hmm. was the uh, this was the slicing themselves with swords until the blood flowed. That's I don't know. What bail, you're seeing. bail, bail, bail! Show up sooner or later. Yep. I mean, he, I know bail. A bail will just sit here sooner or later. Bail will show up. I know bail will show up. That's essentially what that is. Now, we have been hard at times in the last year, especially on Texas Governor Greg Abbott. All of them, we believe, deserved. He deserves credit for what he did yesterday. You know, it's a symbolic gesture, but that doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't pack a punch at the exact same time because he allowed his office. In a way, it's similar to when, when Trump early in his presidency started talking about the March for Life, um, the March for Life uh, protest before he had actually attended it. But the fact that he talked about it forced the media to discuss something that they had largely ignored for 30 years, right? Yeah. All right, so it was symbolic, but it carried some significance alongside of it. By the governor of Texas now throwing that out there as his rationale for why he is not going to discuss or why he's not going to throw out the first pitch, it forces some media platforms to cover, continue to cover the issue because they want to bury this issue now too. Everybody and their mother... Yeah, I've told you guys for years, sports media, every bit as left, but twice the dumb. They're just, they're, they're just as biased, but they're not anywhere. They're not nearly as smart as the, as the mainstream media. And so it's just even more banal, vapid sloganeering. Okay. And so once the Washington Post came out and fact checked the Biden administration's claims over this, their own essentially concordance fact check their own exegesis and found their hermeneutic to be flawed they all want to forget about it now and just kind of move on because they they stepped on a rake abbott doing that yesterday mm-hmm. kept this story alive yesterday and rubbed their noses in it all the more so there is it's symbolic yes but there's significance there but i would also say now to the governor of texas that's a great first step but that's all that it is you need to go into your state now these entities need to be threatened and then punished for ever doing this, yes. trying it ever again. They will be punished, punished. My children know there are two things do not do. Do not. Do not lie to me. Don't make me a fool. Don't lie to me. Do not disrespect your mom. Notice how my tone of voice just changed? Sure. It's not even anger, is it? It's just a straight up serious, come to Jesus if these things happen. You go to wish someone else was your daddy. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. It is what it is. You did the crime, so I will deliver you the time. Period. That's it. And and, and that message has been delivered. Now, they... They have routinely done all the other things wrong. (laughs) But you can't do that with everything. You got to give them some rope, right? But there's some red lines you just don't let people cross. And the governor of Texas now needs to set another example. Take this to the next logical step and say, you will not be granted the awesome privilege of doing business here in the free state of Texas by behaving this way. Period. 
End of sentence. Send your ass back to California where it belongs. And along those lines, because you addressed the matter yesterday, you know who should have that attitude right now? The small black business owner in Atlanta. I had no idea the democratic the demographics were that different. Yeah. Atlanta, fifty one percent black. Yeah. Did you see what Denver is? It's, it's nine. nine. Yeah. There's like there's very small black population in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. There's actually more, a higher Hispanic population there than there is a black population. They should be you talking about marching through Atlanta and burning it down. And if you've spent some time down there, I've spent a lot of time down there. There is a lot of black owned businesses. Yeah. There is a there is a thriving black middle class in those areas. Um, they got the shaft and Stacey Abrams is who did it to them. Uh, ultimately, she's she's a victim of her own success, I guess we will say. But what the what the governor of Texas needs to do here now is that is a powerful symbolic gesture. Not every symbolic gesture is empty. There's lots of, I mean, the Emancipation Proclamation, in many respects, was a symbolic gesture from a policy standpoint. It still carried an immense amount of potency, right? About what that significance of of that symbol meant. The governor of Texas now needs to take the next step here and draw a line in the sand and say, here in the free state of Texas, you will not be permitted to make money off our freedom with this kind of behavior. Take your ass back to California and their 70% top marginal tax rates where it belongs. And don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I'll hold it open for you, in fact. That's what needs to happen now. Punishment, pain, needs to be felt. No mercy. You know, we all know the detrimental impact of too much screen time for kids, whether it's the actual content that they're exposed to online or just the shortening of attention spans, the loss in creativity. That's why we need better ways for our children and grandchildren to use their downtime. And that's why we want to tell you about Annie's Kit Clubs. They've got the perfect subscription box for both the boys and the girls. For the boys, the Young Woodworkers Kit Club, it's a monthly subscription that puts real tools into his hands, starting with that great kid-sized hammer that every dude wants. Every month, your child will receive an all-in-one woodworking kit with the materials and tools they need to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. And for the girls, Annie's Creative Girls Club sends you two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy-to-follow instructions that will kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. Help your kids to develop actual skills uh, that they can you know, use in the real world uh, and new crafting techniques that help them express their creativity. And it makes a great gift for the kids, grandkids. Annie's Kit Clubs, A-N-N-I-E-S, Annie's Kit Clubs.com slash Steve. If you go there today, you'll get 75% off your first shipment. That's a big discount at Annie's Kit Clubs.com slash Steve. Again, Annie's Kit Clubs.com slash Steve. So with so much of, uh, of of our audience, remember, before we even got on Tucker and everything else, I mean, that, that's what shot us to number one for a second time. But, um, you know, we had you know just a 15 minute appearance on the great Glenn Beck program. And then all of you shot this book to number one overall in the country on uh, first launch. And a lot of it is because of how many of you have been sending this around copies to family members, friends, uh, people of your churches, schools, businesses, etc. So we are imagining that about now you're beginning to get some feedback and maybe some pushback. And pushback is totally fine. I mean, you know, we've often said in our show, we're not here to win arguments as often as we are to start them, right? We don't argue enough. 
you know, just trolling somebody and calling them a name and then owning them with name calling on a social media account isn't an argument. All right, that's that's not a debate, like a real argument where we actually find out what people think, they find out what you think, and then you go back and forth on who's thinking the best. That's like a real argument, right? Correct. So you might be getting some pushback from some of the people that you've shared the book with so far. So for fake news or not this week, we thought we would help you tackle what we kind of anticipated would be, um, you know what, your top five objections um, that you might be seeing uh, from people that are maybe seeing some of this information and thought process for the first time. Let's begin with what is probably the most common one. How can the authors presume to know more about coronavirus than Anthony Fauci? Right? And that's fair. Right? Um, here's the thing, though. If you read the book, we don't. That's why we cited so many other competing experts. Uh, wouldn't you want to know what they think? Are you not permitted to get a second opinion from your own doctor when you're given a dire diagnosis? I mean, I, I would imagine if, you know, if you're a guy and you got the, there's a dreaded lump on your scrotum diagnosis. Before you said, all right, let's go ahead and remove that. You're probably going to want to get a second opinion on that. Todd, thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Or are you just going to go ahead and run home, honey? I've got some very bad news, right? I mean, you're probably going to get a second opinion just to make sure, you know, removing some of your scrotum is really necessary, right? Or anything else of seriousness. If there's a lump in your breast, heaven forbid. They're talking about maybe a breast removal. Probably want to get a second opinion on something like that. I don't understand why we don't want a second opinion. All the answers to that question are bad. We've had a lot of the same physicians. My wife's had the same OBGYN for 20 plus years. We've gotten second opinions numerous times. In fact, any good doctor would tell you and wouldn't feel threatened by you getting a second opinion. So what's wrong with hearing from counter experts? Wouldn't you like to hear what they have to say? And does the real-time data show that the counters to Anthony Fauci are more accurate than he is? So we don't debate Anthony Fauci in this book. We cite others from esteemed institutions like Oxford, Yale, Harvard, Carnegie Mellon, Rockefeller University, some of the leading uh, Stanford, leading universities not just in this country, but in the world in the case of Oxford. We let them do, do the debating. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't have written this book. If there wasn't so many counter experts out there saying this won't work, and then the data shows they were, their criticism was right all along, it doesn't work, would we have ever written this book? No. No. Never. no we need. would have never presumed to sit here and believe we can debate him. We're, we're actually watching and letting other people do that. Another common well, objection. I, really quickly? Well, also, yeah. Steve, as you... And- this is not going to come as a surprise to you, but why isn't this a two-way street? Because if we want to talk to the experts, the medical experts, still, if you look up in uh, various uh, uh, psychological and medical diagnoses about transgenderism, mm-hmm. gender dysphoria, mental disorders, right? Yet you just get to say that I'm a transgender, what are Aaron, lizard, whatever, and we all have to take it as gospel. Why, why is this not a two-way street? You get to denounce whatever you want to in the name of the collected expertise of 2,000 years of history of Western civilization, anytime you want to, and we have to kneel before Zod. I, 
answer that riddle to me. You don't even need to get into the specifics of the question you're talking about. Just try having a consistent standard, please. Can I add one more thing to this? Sorry. Of course. I, I think that objection, it's tempting to see this objection coming from um, uh, specifically leftists. But I think this comes from a lot of people who are just really, really wishy-washy about not wanting to admit what happened actually True. happened. Yes. So I think that's I think that's actually the majority of probably where this comes from. Yes. All right. A second mm-hmm. common objection that you may receive. I just don't believe they, the system, the government, the media, I just don't believe they would have lied about all of this. <laughs> Cue your best laughing gift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Tuskegee Airmen agree. They can't believe we just would have lied about all of this. How about this example, if that's not recent enough for you? For the last 80 years, you were a complete and total kook. You were bastardized, scarlet-lettered from society. You were removed from platforms of significance, even before we had a big tech. If you believed in UFOs, and now after 80 years of denying it, the government wants to tell us that, yes, um, UFOs, UFOs are real. But you're right. They don't ever lie. People in government don't ever lie about anything. If that is an objection you're receiving, I would urge you to never, ever attempt an intelligent conversation with that person ever again. Move on. That, that, that person, whoever would say that, that person is gone, gone, gone. Not to mention that the guy we're talking about actually admitted he lied about Well, there's that <laughs> trivial codicil. Thank you, Todd. Yes. Uh, number three. It would have been even worse if they hadn't done these things. Now, what do you call this? The unfalsifiability yes. fallacy yes that i love that term okay and and i and this came up on c-span yesterday and and i'll say what i said on c-span yesterday i can see why people would have this argument and it would be a potent argument without a control group right correct do we have a control group we've had one all along yeah we've had one all along in fact they get an entire chapter in the book and that control group is sweden sweden is the control group that proves that is simply not true And we could cite, I mean, so much data out of Sweden. I'll just boil it down to the most important stat of them all. In 2020, Sweden saw 7% higher excess deaths than its previous four-year rolling average. The rest of the European Union, which did far greater lockdowns, mitigation efforts. Sweden has the lowest mask usage compliance in all of the EU. The rest of the European Union averaged between 12 and 18% of excess deaths that's game set match that's pete sampras in his heyday taking you down in straight sets okay all right that's nadal playing him uh on the clay good night good luck um that's calling mariano out of the bullpen in the ninth at yankee stadium get an early start on traffic we're done here all right we're done that's that's the only stat that really matters. I could cite I could do an entire book on just Sweden, but really, that's the only stat that matters. Really. You came to the concert, House of the Holy is great, Cashmere's phenomenal. It's my personal favorite, right? You want to hear a little black dog, a little rock and roll, little babe, I'm gonna leave you, little no quarter, little dire maker. But really, we're all here for stay stairway to heaven, right? Is that not what we're all here? We're here to flick our bicks for stairway to heaven. It's why we're all here. 
Okay? So I could play you the entire Sweden song catalog, but the Stairway to Heaven is that stat right there. So now we know that that is not true. A fourth common objection that you may hear. Um, we should just keep wearing masks if it makes other people to feel better. Uh, what other lies are you willing uh, to perpetuate in order to make others feel better? I believe there's a commandment somewhere about not bearing false witness. Uh, is that in there? I believe somewhere in the Speaking number one codicils. bestsellers of all time. Yeah, that's that. That's what they were, right? The, the 10 codicils. They were not the 10 commandments or even suggestions. The 10 technicalities. You know, just in cases. I mean, that's, that's what they were, right? You know, if, if, if you can make it works. I think that's what the they were. The 10, did God really say? Yes, yes. Uh, we don't. If, if me bearing false witness is what makes you feel better, then um, I'm not here to make you feel better. This makes me want to throw up. This one really does. Yes. It makes me want to vomit. I hear this from people even somewhat close to me who said, well, we just want to be aware of our Christian witness. We don't want our neighbors to see, oh, they're flouting these things just to flout them. I, I flouting what? Flouting science. Science. Data. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand that. It makes me want to throw up because as you pointed out correctly there, I don't think embracing a lie necessarily helps my Christian witness, does it? No. But then there might be some conflict and conflict is bad. Listen, if, if there was data that showed that the mask works, first of all, some of you may have forgotten this. I was one of the very first people in the country with a platform to suggest the day after the lockdowns began, why don't we just not do lockdowns and wear masks? Do you guys remember that? Of course I do. Do you remember that? All right. I was one of the very first people to suggest this as a strategy. And all of the healthcare professionals said and showed all of the data that showed masks don't work. So that won't work. That's why we didn't talk about it again on the show until it became a politicized issue last summer. And then I even gave the masks a second chance. Remember, I said we should maybe make a deal. We will do national mask compliance in the month of July. Remember this? Yes. Because if they won't work, if we can't kill off a respiratory virus in the heat of the summer, then the masks will never work, right? So we'll wear masks for 30 days in July and let's see how where we are, right? Did I not? Right. I have actually tried to accommodate this because I don't believe we are entitled to not be inconvenienced when human life is at stake, especially on a mass scale. Repeat after me. They don't work. If they did work, we'd had a lot of different conflicts, conversations. We might have even been arguing with each other about this for the past year. Who knows? Okay. But the good news is we don't even have we don't need we don't ever have to know the answer to that because they don't work. It's a lie. It's a talisman. It's an idol. It doesn't work any more than you know building uh, a figurine of wood. To Aphrodite. It doesn't work. They don't work. Say it with me now. One more time for the folks in the back. They don't work. And also, why does this not apply in reverse? I have the same problem with this one. The woman who doesn't want to go in a public restroom and have a tranny uh, uh, walk in on her, if she says, I would just feel better, and she's got a much better case, she's told she's a bigot. Why does it not work both ways? 
It almost never works both ways when cults are concerned, my friend. Number five. You know, I just don't want to believe what's in that book. <laughs> well, have you been able to prove... I used to do this when I used to vet Republicans like Romney and stuff in the, in the, in the primaries and people would say, I just don't want to believe it. I just don't believe any of that's true. What did I tell them? Okay, fine. If I've said anything untrue, if any of these footnotes, citations, references are inaccurate or false, by all means, bring them to our attention. Have you been able to prove any of them are false? There's over 200 of them. In fact, there's more footnotes and references and citations in the book than actual pages. So can you prove that any of those are false? Furthermore, um, which ones were you able to prove are untrue? We're waiting. Still waiting. The point of this exercise here is to flesh out false objections. You want to expose. We all don't have more time. So we want to expose, help you expose who's a cultist, who's a critical thinker, so that you don't waste what precious little time you have on cultists. Uh, a cult is good a cult. When you run into a cultist, just kick the dust off your sandals and move on to the next town. It's not worth the salt in your tears, the droplets in your aerosols. It's just not worth it whatsoever. There's not enough time. All right. And hey, you may be disappointed to find out, wow, there's a lot of drones out here. At least now you know. At least now you know, right? Work on people that are workable. Don't waste your time on people who aren't. You have any you guys have any thoughts on that? Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I, I I think going back to the very beginning of that, I, I think there are drones and then there are cultists. Drones are the ones who don't want to admit what really happened, but might be persuadable. Uh, the cultists, there's no persuading them. Again, asking questions, maybe you can penetrate their hardened shell. But going back to the first point. I don't believe, or maybe it was the second point there, I don't believe that they would have lied about all of this. Um, that that's, that's the bleeding heart. I just don't want to believe that. That's, it's, it's not that I don't believe they would have. I don't want to believe that mm -hmm. they would have lied. That's what they're really asking. So know the difference between a drone and a cultist. There are a lot of drones out there wearing our jerseys as well that don't want to admit just like Cornelius Fudge in Harry Potter, Steve at SteveDace.com. Um, don't want to admit, like Cornelius Fudge, that Voldemort is actually back. That's And it requires conflict, conflict to wake them up. That last one, number five, is the alpha and the omega of all this. I just don't believe it. Listen, especially with the self-styled smart set. Listen, I... I've been around these people in education and journalism. You just have to... Uh, you're t I know you're too smart to believe a lot of this and it's obvious me to, that I can prove you as a liar. Just admit it. You just want to believe this yes. stuff. That's They're it. like Mel Gibson in the movie Ransom. Give me back my son. Yeah. Give me back my scam. Give me back my panic. Yep. I mean, that, that's you want it. That's, you want it. It's a cult. So just move on and go to people who might actually listen. Hour two is next.
And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Uh, also, follow us at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. Look for Steve Dace as well on Me, We, Gab, and Parlor. And if you're looking for clips of the program that you can watch for free later on, and then hopefully you'll share those with other people so that they will come and learn about us as well. Go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. I haven't done this yet, by the way. I need to say thank you. Um, it looked early on like we were going to get overridden uh, by one star trolls for Fauci and bargain. But in the last several days, uh, you guys have come out with a vengeance with those five star reviews. So thank you very much. We're over 400 reviews now for the book, which has only been out for a week. Uh, 90% of them are five-star reviews, so thank you very much uh, for each and every one of those. A few of you gave four-star reviews, I guess. We'll let you slide. Thank you very much for all of those as well, all right? So you can get your copy today over at Amazon.com, where it continues to outsell Hunter Biden. Our our publisher uh, texted us uh, last night to tell us, hey, you guys are higher than Hunter Biden, to which I was surprised to learn that you could be higher than Hunter Biden. Anyway, uh, for the rest that's going on with the rest of the program, you know, when it comes to car and home insurance, we all deserve better. I know I do. That's why I put my policy to the test and turned to Gabby, which literally stands for get a better insurance. The way it works, you log on and find out, are you getting the best price for the best coverage that you qualify for? And hey, if you've got the best plan you can get, it was funny when I put my information in, they actually recommended the exact plan from Safeco that we currently have. And so if you've got the best that you can get for where you're at, where you're rated, if you got the best that you can get in the market, Gabby will tell you that as well. But wouldn't you like to know that? Wouldn't you like to know? It's because that's one of those bills you pay it sometimes once a year, once every few months, and you don't even think about the fact, you know what, am I paying too much for this? Well, Gabby can help you to find out. The average Gabby customer saves $960 per year on average. They never sell your data or info either. Uh, So no annoying spam or robot calls will follow you signing up with Gabby. It's fast. Put your policy to the test just like I did. See if you can get better insurance with Gabby. Totally free to check out and there's no obligation. Just go to Gabby, G-A-B as in boy, I, G-A-B-I, Gabby.com slash Dace, D-E-A-C-E. That's Gabby.com slash Dace. Well, some of you, particularly if you watch a couple of programs uh, on Fox News, may have heard about this viral music video that was made right here in our backyard. Here's a clip. We said we got a up down to what we got. Doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We got each other.
Well, the two individuals uh, on opposite ends of that song join us here now because they're right here from our neck of the woods. Uh, the gentleman here uh, to my left, you've met him before. He was our guest on our show last summer. Uh, he's a community activist and a guy really working to break down walls here in central Iowa. Will Keeps, good to see you again, brother. How are you? Man, it's good to see you, man. You got some reaction last time you were on here on the show, right? I did, man. It was some, it was some good reactions, man. I wish I would have stayed a little bit longer. Well, we weren't sure until you came on more than 10 or 12 people watched this thing. And then after you came on, we found out it's at least 13 or 14. Wow. Yeah, so thank you very much. I got much. one more. Yeah. You helped us grow. We appreciate <laughs> that's what's, that. That's what's up? All right. The officer to my right is Officer Mike Moody. And Mike, it is a pleasure, officer, to have you with us. Thank you for your service. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. So let's reset who everybody is. We'll kind of refresh since the you've We've already been down the longer road with you, and we want to give him more time because he's okay. new. Kind of give us the Cliff's Notes Reader's Digest version. Who's Will Keeps? Will Keeps is a father, um, a musician, a activist. I just built me a school now, so I'll probably have me a school, uh, a, a charter school real soon. Um, I'm a person who, who loves to bring people together. I'm a, I'm a person who loves to heal. You know, and um, we talked about this before. I get a lot of backlash for doing it, but... You know, I'm going to be the person that I am so I can sleep good at night. So I'm going to heal, 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 bring us together. So you don't really labels, all those sorts of things, those excuses we use. It was interesting. I don't know. Did you watch the Final Four over the weekend? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I watched right. the UCLA one. All right. Did you see Charles Barkley's comments uh, in What'd between games? Barkley, uh, well, they had brought up the controversy about whether Major League Baseball was going to move its all-star game with the voting law in Georgia. And mm-hmm. that lent itself to a broader conversation about race relations in America. Mm. And Barkley essentially said, listen, man, I'm, I'm successful. I've been all over the country. I've mm-hmm. met a lot of people, black and white. The vast majority of people, regardless of how they look, uh, really want the same things for their children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these things are really just divisions that are exploited from uh, a lot of people on both sides of the aisle because it's it's politically advantageous for them to do so. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought about you when I heard him say that because that's what I see you do, which is essentially it's, it's, it's a very outcome-based approach, which is if, if you want to help, then we'll take your help. We'll period. Take your help. Sentence, right? We'll take your help. I'm all about people. I'm not about labels. I'm not about, you know, uh, um, Democrat, Republicans, white, black. Who wants, to, who wants to help bring us together? Who wants to help our kids? Who wants to help our families? Who? You know what I mean? That's what I'm about. I get criticized for that because a lot of people don't like that I work with the police. They don't like that I work with the government, the Republicans. They don't like it. But my thing is, is that if I'm, I'm not going to wait for a Democrat, I'm not going to wait for a black person or whoever to help me. I'm going to I'm going to get the help from the people who's ready to help me right now. So if a Democrat, Republican, black, white, Latino, Asian is ready to help mm-hmm. me bring people together and help our kids and help our families, let's go. Mm. Officer Moody, uh, tell us a little bit about you. You were talking to us, uh, some of your background uh, working in law enforcement. Can you share that with our audience? Yeah, I've I've been a policeman for a little over 32 years. Uh, my father was a policeman. My brother was a policeman. My sister married a policeman, so it's kind of in the blood. <laughs> um, but I've done uh, an array of different jobs at the police department. I was on the SWAT team for a while. It's mm. uh, in the gang unit for a while. I worked as an SRO at a few of our schools here in Des Moines. And uh, that's pretty much my background. Right now I'm working up in the Skywalk, which is pretty quiet. Yeah. 
Well, and it turns out that you can sing a little bit as well, right? Uh, Are you getting bit. all kinds of karaoke challenge uh, uh, in, uh, I don't invitations do, I don't now? Do karaoke no, at all. all right, you're not the ringer; they're calling in. You're not bringing him in. All right. So, how did you meet this guy? How did you two meet? Um, when I was an SRO a few years ago, um, we have a program through the Des Moines Police Department that's called the Second Chance Program. And what that is is when kids get in trouble, and uh, we we have a choice as a police officer to arrest them. Uh, issue them a ticket, um, give them a warning. It, it depends on the seriousness of the crime, mm-hmm. and it depends on their attitude a lot. Mm-hmm. But we have one other choice, which was a second chance program. And it's put on the, by the Des Moines Police Department. And what we do is we take them for a 40-hour class for one week on spring vacation or uh, winter break or whatever. And they have to attend these classes. And one of the classes was Will coming out and speaking to these kids. And I was fortunate enough to sit through one of his classes and, and actually listen to what he had to say to these guys. And I was completely blown away. Will, can you share kind of a snippet of what that message was? Um, basically, it's not about what you've been through, but it's how you get through. We all go through something in our life. And I'm teaching these kids how to get through, not let their tragic situations or things that happen in their life dictate how they move in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And how have you, in your own life, uh, put that to good use? I mean, well, what have you had to overcome? I've, I've I overcome uh, being molested at seven years old, being left for dead at 15 years old, being, a, a, in a sense, abandoned by my parents sometimes. Um, I, I went through so many deaths of uh, friendships, of family members, of uh, even people that I've mentored, you know what I'm saying, in my life. And it's, it's it's been it's been it's been devastating to see so many people die if, that I knew, mm-hmm. and I I told myself I I can't be this person who wants to destroy because of what's because of what I've been through. I have to be this person who wants to heal, and, and I felt like when I was molested at seven years old that I lost who I was, and now at the age I am today and the, the work that I'm doing today, I feel like I'm I'm. I'm becoming the person I was before I was molested. It's like it's coming back. I'm being that person I'm supposed to be. And a lot of these kids, they are good kids. And I want them to understand that. So I want to build something for them so they can understand how good they are. Mm. Your hefty decades of experience, Mike, working on the police force. Is there... I don't know if you guys knew who the late, great uh, Chuck Colson was, but uh, he ran a great ministry called Prison Fellowship all over the country. And towards the end of, uh, of, of his life, I had the honor of getting to interview him. And uh, um, he himself went to prison for Watergate, uh, had a religious conversion there, turned his entire life around. And, and Prison Fellowship is, is, was the ministry he founded to go into prisons and minister to people who also he thought needed a second chance. And uh, one of the things that Chuck said to me in this interview is that uh, if he could go, if he could, if he, if there was one trend that he could say was, was a commonality on every death row he'd ever been to all over the country, it was who's your dad. Mm. And either they didn't know, or my dad's also in a place like this. And Mm. I'd been better off probably not knowing. Mm. Right. Um, if you're decades in law enforcement, now you're on the community engagement side of it as well. Is there a common theme or thread that you can see in your experience, anything along those lines? Uh, you know, pretty much the same same thing. I mean, when I was an SRO at Roosevelt, 
I had that's a local high school here in Des Moines, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I had a lot of kids that would come in my office and just sit down and talk with me and build a relationship because I was a male role model mm-hmm. to them because they didn't have anything else available to them. Mm-hmm. And those were kids that were coming in every single day, just wanting to talk, just wanting to build a relationship. And you know that that was probably the greatest job I had on the Des Moines Police Department. So you guys meet when he is speaking, uh, one of the speakers to your program. Mm-hmm. What happens after that? Um, I talked to Will right after that because at the end of his program, he plays some of his music videos that he's done, which mm-hmm. are awesome. They're they're amazing, and and I was very taken back. You brought by. you, dude. You 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 brought it on that harmony there. I mean, that yeah. was that was pretty uh, impressive, brother. Thanks, I gotta tell you that. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I, I um cracked eight thousand times. <laughs> so we only saw the take right. actually worked. Yeah. Right. We didn't see all the ones that right, sucked. Right. We just saw the only one that worked. Take well, one, yeah, take that, two, yeah. take three, well, take, take four. Take 8,000 <laughs> is one hell of a take. You need to know that. All right, but go ahead. Yeah, Mark. we both made our yeah. mistakes on yeah. that. So, But uh, I, I talked to him afterwards and I said, you know, hey, I play a little music and I, I sing a little bit. I said, you know, we should we should get together sometime. And I don't think he, he thought there was much there for perspective. Yeah. I think he just kind of went, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. And we didn't do it. Well, um, I was lucky enough to, uh, somebody videotaped me playing in the skywalk. There's a gentleman that plays a guitar up in the skywalk every day. And I asked him if I could play his guitar one day. And I just played like 10 seconds of a song and somebody videotaped what song, it. What song was it? Uh, Wanted Dead or Alive, another uh, Bon Jovi see, song. That's one of my all-time. That would be like in my all-time top yeah, ten. Yeah. You're a cowboy and a steel horse. You ride, Amen. Mike. Yeah, I, I, I knew that about you when you walked yeah. in. <laughs> right. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, no, you're fine. I, yeah. I played like ten seconds of it. Some guy videotaped it. I didn't even know he was videotaping it, and he put it on online, and it just took off. And I think Will seen it, and no, we you. It was before that because we was working on living on a prayer before the uh, skyline thing happened. Were we? Yeah, because we we uh, did it at your friend house, yeah, a while ago. That we was recorded there. Yeah, I thought that was after. Uh-uh. I could be wrong. I don't know why Will came around to finding that I had some talent, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just think it's a great thing that you know we we both came up with the idea. We both sat down and said, "Look, what do we want to do?" And originally. Will had mentioned he wanted to do Wanted Dead or Alive. And I was like, well, that might not be a good <laughs> yeah. theme yeah. for us yeah, to I, do. I can, I can see where yeah. that could be problematic. I'm yes. a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we decided to go with Living on a Prayer. And we kind of changed it up a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of made it our own. Uh, Will even added uh, some rap into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the rest is history. I mean, it kind of took off. What did you guys want this project? What, did, what, what was the hope? It was it was it just meant to be fun and then it just took off a life on its own or what, is there a, a purposeful audience or message there that you were trying to convey with this? We wanted people to know that it's it's beautiful working together. Like a, a black man with a do rag on his head can work with a police officer. You know, what I'm saying? it's like I, I just want people to know that that we're not all enemies, that we're not all fighting each other. I always tell people all the time. I say if, if a bad cop. Or uh, a black person did something bad, a white person did something bad, whoever, say their name mm-hmm. instead of saying the whole crew. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So Mike is a good guy. Mike may, may have made some mistakes in his life. I made some mistakes in my life. Me and Mike might disagree on some things, 
But me and Mike agree on a lot of things. Me and Mike decided to say, look, we're going to actually come together and show people that we can disagree. We can probably like uh, dislike some things that that's going on. But we will work together and show people that it is possible for us to heal. I love the emphasis you place there on treating people as individuals. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked earlier about the trauma of your childhood, the the lost sense of identity that came out of that Mm -hmm. and trying to recover. You know, the reason we have so much craving for identity as a as a species is because that that's also where we get a notion of what our purpose is here mm-hmm. what's the point of our being on the earth right and you feel like that's been recovered with the work that you're doing now which i would really say is a is a form of a ministry is, is kind of what you're doing yes right now and what concerns me and i say this you know i don't want to be one of those people well the media does i work in the media mm-hmm. i have a pretty large platform in the media mm-hmm. i'm part of the media so we we in the media do too much of this, regardless of what side of the aisle we're on or what ideolog- ideological slant we have. It is interpreting the news or stories through the slant of how a particular group will see it on the as if everybody is a monolith. Mm-hmm. Everybody just thinks monolithic, monolithically. It's just one giant group think, uh, and as opposed to, hey, what does a guy named Will who lives in Des Moines, Iowa? What does he think? What does a guy named Steve who lives in Des Moines, Mm -hmm. Iowa think? What's a guy named Mike who lives in Des Moines, Iowa think? Not, hey, what do these two white guys think and what's the black guy think? What do these individuals think? And if we're fighting for equality and freedom of speech, how come we can't have it? How come you can't have it? Mm -hmm. How come you can't have it, Mike? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how come come when, when I decide to literally show people that we can actually work together and say together so much better? How come I'm getting criticized for that? Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is the people that's criticizing me is my own people. Most of the people are my own people criticizing me. They literally call me a traitor. And mm-hmm. that hurts. That hurts to know that my own people is not actually seeing the vision that you're saying that you want the government to help us. You want the police to understand us. So when I put this all together and it's actually working and it's coming together, it's like you want to criticize it. You want to you want to beat it up. Mm-hmm. You want to destroy it. Is it because it's not you doing it? It's because it's somebody else doing it. Is it because I'm not doing it your way? I thought the whole thing was to do it, to make it want, happen. Do you, do you want to win? Or do you want to wait until we only win the way that you're comfortable with winning? And that might take never. Right. right. So why not join someone who's actually bringing people together and we're doing it in a way where we're actually happy? Let me turn the conversation back around here, Mike. Mm-hmm. On your end. So you come from a, from generations of cops. Right. You're a grizzled veteran. Right. Okay. Grizzled. That's Did you one. like that? That's a good grizzled. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I, didn't I, I thought it that's a nice way of saying you've done your job for a long time. Okay. All right. But you know, he talked about trying to overcome some of the tribalism on his side of this divide. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Is there any on you on your side as an officer? Hey, we've done these kinds of things before. They don't work. It's a revolving door. We, we arrest the same people over and over again. They come mm-hmm. out. The rate of recidivism, we know what it is, right? Uh, this time it won't work. Do you have to fight some of that cynicism on your own end of this equation? Absolutely. Here's the crazy part. I think when what happened in Minneapolis with the officer that knelt on uh, the guy's neck, um, I think that was probably the most that the United States was unified at any time in the any time ever. Everyone in the country thought that was wrong. Every policeman, every white guy, every black guy, every Asian, every everyone in the country thought that was wrong. And it was the most we were unified. And somehow it turned into splitting us even more, mm-hmm. you know, it it angers me because somehow I got thrown into you're this guy because right. now that you're guy labeled. Yeah, it's like you didn't. It's like you've done nothing else in your career other than you're associated with an incident that took place three and a half hours from where you served. Right. Yeah. But on the other side, other people feel that way about police officers that they judge other people because of maybe the color of their skin or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But these are the kind of things that Will and I sit down and talk about. This is what we, you can't sit down with everyone you agree with and fix a problem. Because Mm -hmm. if you agree on everything, there's nothing to solve. Exactly. Yeah. You have to be able to sit down with people who are different than you or might have different views than you to get things productive and get them fixed. I can tell you as somebody, you know, when I first got into this business of media, um, you know, I'm pretty confident and assured in my belief system. Otherwise, I would have a different belief system, right? right? But I loved testing it. I, I probably, you know, uh, I mean, I put the fun in fundamentalist. I like, I used to, I like to say, Mike, I mean, but I probably did 50 appearances on MSNBC. Hmm. I'd be the lone conservative on the panel, wow. you know? And so it would be me, uh, you know, a, a, a balanced panel on MSNBC was a left-wing host, three other left-wingers, and then me. All right, and then you're you always brave. talk. You always talked last. Yeah, you're all right, brave. while they get while they soaked up all the oxygen in the room, I heavily enjoyed it. I liked the yeah. contest as long as I was free to give my opinion and back it up. I don't mind being outnumbered. I like testing what I think up against what you think because if it doesn't stand up to your scrutiny, then I might want maybe what I think is wrong. Right. But we we have gotten to the point that even in the last few years, they would never after inviting me on fifty times, they'd never invite me on. Now this thing has become so tribalistic. There mm-hmm. can be. I, I had a chance to do an hour on C-SPAN yesterday. It was the first opportunity I've had in a few years after seeking them out to actually solicit contrary opposing viewpoints and where I had to actually respond to them. There's this notion that all we do is argue and debate all the time. I would actually make the case. We don't argue and debate at all. We call each other names on social media. We troll the hell out of each other. Mm -hmm. And then we call that an argument and no idea was even exchanged. And then when someone does have a different idea and they display it passionately, you immediately, since you don't know what an argument is, you immediately think we're being threatened. No, they just have a lot of conviction in what they have to say. You're welcome to show the same conviction. It just seems like outlets that we have to express these differences, we're silencing them today. And if you keep putting those pressures points and those tensions underneath the surface, eventually they're going to boil over. Right, right. And I think some people have a belief that as long as they're louder and more out of control, the more right they are. And mm-hmm. that, that's not which necessarily... Cause, which, which cause fear. I emote, yeah. therefore I am, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which cause fear for others to speak up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
Because they're not that way. They're not that person that's loud. And yeah. my thing is that I'm telling the world, it's 5%. I'm just coming up with these numbers. 5% of They're people probably out there, every bit as accurate as a lot of the data my audience has been exposed to in the last year. So go ahead. Like this, 5% of people out there who are hateful and want, to, and want to divide and loud at doing it. 95% of us really want to bring us together. How come we ain't how come we not getting louder? We can do, we can crush the five percent. Mm -hmm. You stop can tell, being stop being afraid. You can tell that just by the video. I mean, there were so many comments on our video that we did, um, and ninety five percent of them were positive. Yeah, you're you're gonna get that five yep. percent who they don't want to see us work together. They don't right. want to see us fix this problem. And that's why we said what we said at the end of the video. I said, you know, some people are gonna like ain't gonna like this, and you said, yeah. I was gonna see you spoiled. I was saving that question to the end. I was I was watching the clock, and I want to ask you about the end. What were you doing five years ago? What were you doing five years ago? Five years ago, I was um, actually. I was working for the post office, okay. you know what I mean? And and I was doing working in the schools as well. All right, the reason I bring that up, because if I went back to 2016, Will Keeps and said, hey man, you're going to get featured on the Sean Hannity show on Fox News tonight. <laughs> 2016, Will Keeps probably been like, first of all, what the hell is a Sean Hannity? Who's Sean Hannity? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? But secondly, then when you found out, you're like, no way that's happening. Right, right, but it, right. But it actually went down. So you spoiled the- I got criticized for that too. I, well, you spoiled the lead, or, or at least the conclusion. That's I wanted I'm to sorry, ask you guys man. about how the video ends, mm -hmm. all right? You guys have a- a very and you have to listen carefully to it all right but there's a very important poignant com a brief conversation the two of you have at the end of the video can you just kind of um share that with the audience i literally said a lot of because i already know a lot of people are gonna hate it you know what i mean so i was like you know a lot of people are gonna hate this right and i said yeah but most are gonna love it mm -hmm. and we're, and you was right mm -hmm. you know what i mean because we want people to understand that we're not caring we're gonna do what we gotta do and, and I truly believe that people want this fixed. I, I think the majority of people and the, the vast majority of people want this fixed. Mm -hmm. So that's why we get people saying, oh, man, I, I, I got goosebumps from that song. Oh, man, I can't believe a policeman in this former gang member did this. And right. I, I think it makes people feel good. I think it, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And I think people really want that. I I, I would find it hard to believe that they don't. But I was like, I was, I ain't gonna lie. I was like, wow, there's so many people actually love this. Mm -hmm. I got, I got messages from all over the world. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like it gave me goosebumps. You know, I was crying. It was, it was, and it was some black folks too. That was like, like some kids said to Sean, Hen is it Hannity? Yeah said, I can't believe you even post this. I'm kind of proud of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I didn't know what they was talking about. I'm like, why wouldn't he post this? Mm -hmm. What type of person is he? You know what I'm saying? Why are they trying to say this about this dude? Right. But he posted it, and I was like, thank you, period. I wasn't going to go back in his past and be like, well, what he, he said this or he said that. No, I was just like, Thank you, Sean. Yeah, I want to do a routine background check of yeah. what rap lyrics he tweeted when he was 14 right. Thank you, at some Sean. middle school exactly. and in his life. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you posting that because it showed, it, it, it showed the world that you are not everything they say you are. Yeah. And <laughs> he's willing to help. Like you're, we willing said. To, you're willing to bring people together. Yeah. And, I'm cool, and, I'm, and that's all I needed. So when people come to me with the negative part of it, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, he shared it. I didn't ask him to. He shared it. Thank you. Not to mention, hey, if you think it, it somehow someone's support of this conflicts with what they've said and done in the past, mm -hmm. you know who has to reconcile that? 
they do. Mm-hmm. Why are you questioning me about it? Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not responsible for what they said and did in the past. Right. If it if it doesn't reconcile, you think it's contradictory, then you have to go ask them why that's the case. Just like you, Steve. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You shared it. Thank you. This is positive. This is healing. We need more people to share it, to give healing. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Thank you guys for doing it. Yeah. I thought it was really cool when I saw it. Thank you. You know, and, and um, y- you guys actually do sing really well. We well, he does. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's now now he's just showing uh, off and getting cocky. Well, right? I, but, I was playing. No, but you guys, you guys, it, it it's not just. It would have been. It would have had a certain audience if it had a schmaltz or cheese factor to it, you know. Yeah. But but it's the fact that you guys actually pull off a tough song to sing, you know. You know, and I think I'm I'm very lucky that it's in my vocal range, but he has a, a heck of a lot better range than I do. He can, you know, sing the harmonies. Stop playing, man. As soon, as, soon as your voice come on, people like, who's that? Mm-hmm. They talk about your voice more than mine. Well, we, they talk about my harmony. <laughs> they talk about your voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just want Bon Jovi to see it and, you know, maybe help <laughs> you us out bon a little Jovi bit with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got about a minute here left. What, what's, what's the next step then after you got a... a, a attention all over the country all over the world for this video mm-hmm. so what happens now what's the next thing we just keep progressing uh, hopefully you know uh this is the this is what we want we want to be able to sit down with people and talk about it and 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 express why we did it you know what's happening with it and where it's going um people have asked if we're going to do another song I, I don't know we might do that but uh for right now we want to work on the problem at hand. And this kind of took us, like I said, it, it took us that first step in the right direction. And hopefully we can get some things done. Gentlemen, thank you both for being here. Mm-hmm. We got to go. It was a pleasure. Congrats on the success of the video much. as well. Thank, thank you. you. We'll come back. Pop Culture Tuesday is up next. Stay tuned. Back here on the Steve Day Show, you guys were silent that entire half-hour conversation. I definitely, before we move on to um, Pop Culture Tuesday, definitely got to get you guys' uh, take on that. And I just got a nice email from uh, J.M. Paul who says, Will Keeps and Officer Moody 2024. Uh, of, of course not, but we could use more genuine guys like those two uh, praying for their success in uh, bringing people together. So you guys' thoughts, listening to the conversation we just had with uh, Officer Moody and Will Keeps and uh, who put together that video, their take on Living on a Prayer, went viral, uh, was discussed, I think, on both uh, Hannity and Fox and Friends, I think both shows uh, on Fox, two of their highest rated shows, talked about it. What do you think, Todd, sitting over there listening to it? Well, there are words and there are deeds, but then there's just authenticity that is as real as it gets and in a world of fake everything you get around it and and you could feel like they didn't even necessarily trust what react they just did what they believed to be Mm -hmm. the right the good the true and the beautiful and boy did it bloom because people are starving for it we talked about steak versus cheese it's they still want steak they just never see it they don't know what it looks like anymore it's just some phantasm that they've been told about and they can't believe it might be real yeah. it's real and good you choice saw of it. words we talk about saying no all the time and the importance and growing importance in the future 
of saying no. Those are two guys who said no. Now, I'm not talking about in this instance of defying the courts, defying stupid flat earth voodoo coronavirus mitigation efforts. I'm talking about the type of no that they said like Katniss and PETA did in the Mm -hmm. uh, end of the first Hunger Games, Mm -hmm. where they were put in a Kobayashi Maru. You have to kill the other guy. You have to kill, kill the other person. Only one can come out the winner. And they just said no. They said no. They called the bluff. See, that's Charles Barkley is right. Whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call the, the causes of this, I'm not going to get into that right now. The, the causes that um, uh, that so proliferate within uh, uh, our divisions in our culture, whatever the causes are, you know them, I know them. Um, those those are those are by design. Those are by design. Whether it's our fallen nature as human beings, that's a big part of it. Or whether it's forces within this culture who seek to benefit from dividing us. There's only one way to get around that, and that's by saying no. I'm not going to play in to the false choice that you've given me. And Will keeps Officer Moody. Uh, there are two guys who just said no. We're, we're going to do this together. We're not going to play into these false choices. Um, we're going to show what... What this, what unity, what actual unity talks about, not the hippy dippy stuff where I sacrifice everything about who I am to be unified. That's, that's a really powerful picture that they painted and, and good on them. That's, that's about the most mild way that I can put it. To hear, you know, Will talk about, uh, listen, I just, I just want to help the community I, I serve and live in. And if you want to help us, I mean, Basically, when all Aaron, I don't care if you're a vegan, pansexual, lizard person, we'll take the help, right? And that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of our approach here uh, on our own show. Um, it's uh, it, all I care about right now. If, if, if uh, something that's vitally important right now, do we agree? And if we do, then we can work together right now. And we'll worry about whether we can work again in the future later on when something else vitally important comes up. And if we don't agree, then we won't. We'll be opposed. And if we were uh, if we were opposed to each other on the past vitally important thing, and we agree on the new one, then we'll work together on that one. You know, it's why I'm sitting here with messages in my inbox from Naomi Wolf. Of all, you know, I did that exercise with Will Keep. Say five years ago, someone comes up to you and says, "Dude, you're on Sean Hannity tonight." He'd have first of all been like, "What in the Sam Hills of Sean Hannity?" Right? If you'd have come up to gone to 2016, Steve Dace, and said, "Hey, you'd be Twitter pen pals with Naomi Wolf." I'd have been like, come on, man, that's just never happening. But the, you know, it's the, it's the Shakespeare line. Politics makes for strange bedfellows. And I think that we have, we're going to have to cross some of these ideological picket lines with, that doesn't mean going against what you believe in, but is the picket line you're behind really advancing what you believe in? That's what it really means. That's what Will did. Will didn't really necessarily change what he thinks and believes about a lot of things. Just looked around and, and realized that a lot of the people that claimed they believed and cared about the same things weren't doing a damn thing about him. Mm-hmm. So he decided, I still believe in these things. I, I actually believe in them. So I'm going to go where people yeah. are going to help me do something about it. That's what it means. If Naomi Wolf right now cares more about the Constitution than some of the, even my fellow peers in conservative media do, then I'm going to work with Naomi Wolf 
on defending the Constitution. I didn't change what I believed at all. Mm -hmm. She just decided at this moment she believed the same thing that I did. This speaks to the importance of your point about the absurdity of the routine background check of what you did as a 14-year-old alone as your mantra. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, we should be wise as serpents, know who we're dealing with. But the problem is we're never innocent as doves then. We never allow that breaking of bread you're talking about. That's exactly right. Let's, that's a good transition because there's a lot of original, this is original thinking in America today. This idea that we get, we, we move and transcend our silos and I just go with whoever I disagree, who I agree with at that particular time. That's not in, a, in an increasingly balkanized culture. Now for me, I mean, we moved a lot when I was a kid. So I was the new kid in school all the time. I, I was discounted, distrusted all the time. I had to make new friends all the time. So it's, it, it, it's what's weird for me is the fact we've lived in the same house for 15 years and my kids have primarily only gotten have, have been able to grow up in one place that is weird to me okay it's home to them that's weird to me for so i'm not uncomfortable at all going into different play environments and places i had to do it when i was a kid all the time i got conditioned to do that but as we grow increasingly balkanized we have to be careful we don't also become homogenized at the exact same time because that's when we lose our critical thinking. And that brings me to Pop Culture Tuesday. So the kids are older now. In fact, we're moving our oldest, Anna. She's moving out this weekend, and Daddy is sad. Daddy's sad. Now, she's literally moving five minutes away in an apartment complex, okay? But oh, I know. To, to me, it feels like it's, it's, she's moving to the 48th parallel. Right? <laughs> okay? So... So it's a sad day because, I mean, she's very happy about it, obviously, you know, but so I'm happy for her not happy for me. Uh, but that leaves us with two. And, you know, family movie night now, we're not quite ready for them to watch all the stuff that that maybe even though they're older, it's, it's not that they can't handle it. We just aren't really comfortable watching certain things with your kids. You know what I'm saying? So it, we're at that age now where... Where can we find something that everybody's entertained by that doesn't, you know, bore mm-hmm. people or think it's too young and immature? And so we, we came up with an idea. How about if we went back and just for nostalgia? So like when Anna's final movie nights a couple weeks ago, she wanted to do High School Musical again because of how often her and I used to sing the karaoke's of that when I would come home at night. Every night we had to sing all those songs for years, okay? And so we watched the original High School Musical again. Zoe decided she wanted to watch the original Lego movie again. So we watched it for family movie night uh, on Sunday. Brother, I got to tell you. That'll preach, okay? I mean, that was that was the best sermon I've heard since Ricky Jenkins. We played that uh, message on our show. Uh, that wasn't a sermon. That movie was prophesying. I, now, now, I've not I seen it all the way through in several years, all right? So... I didn't remember a lot of this. I remembered the humor and the sarcasm and things of that nature. The message at the end about the dad who's too busy, you know, with this stuff to, you know, which of course for me as a dad is, was, you know, hit me in a good spot. That was cool. But, um, he has, Emmett has none of his own ideas. All of his ideas are fed to him by the state and popular culture. Straight up, man. Straight up. Everything he thinks, he just directly downloads from either the state or pop culture. 
The government is controlled by an, uh, an oligarchical or even monarchical alliance of statists and corporatists. It's a police state. Yes. It's got- yes. Uh, and with, with, with the corporatists at the top of the chain, uh, President Business, right? Yes. Uh, Emmett's favorite restaurants. Now, listen, I am the ugly American, okay? But, dude, if you've got, give me the local steakhouse, like in every community where I know everything's made fresh if I had an option. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant, uh, National Chains? That's his answer. His answer was National Chains. He didn't even have one. He couldn't even pick one that he liked the most. His answer was National Chains. That was his answer. He has no original thoughts. He's never thought to have an original thought. He's somewhat, he, he's, he is, we've used this term already today, he's a drone. And as I'm watching this, and no one else has any original thoughts either. They're all just doing what everybody else tells them to do. You're supposed to be a useful idiot. Yes. And hey, happy about it. We all watch, uh, honey, where's my pants? Because that's what everybody else watches. Everybody listens to the same song. Everybody does the same stuff. Um, I, I mean, it is, dude, I almost had to go outside and take a breath, man, and pause the film because it is so much where we are at as a people right now. I mean, it's, it's a little thing. Like Clay Travis noted with the conclusion of the college basketball season last night. And yes, I do. We have, we have a clear number one winner in our uh, Final Four pool, by the way. But I can't find their name. Their, their screen name apparently ESPN is... ESPN 11123-Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I think it's their phone number. I hope so, because I texted that number this morning from my phone. I guess we'll find out who it was. Um, but uh, one person out of almost 1,000 entries won it without the tiebreaker, won it all by themselves last night with Baylor's win. So when I, when I get the identity of the winner, we'll make sure we give them some props, okay? But, you know, Clay Travis tweeted this morning, now that the college sports season's basically over, I mean, there will be some interest in the, in the College World Series in June, but for most people, this is the end of the season, right, for college sports. And he's like, we got through the entire college football season. No one got seriously sick. No one died. We got through the end of a college basketball season. No one got seriously sick. Nobody died. And we, we crowned real champions in both sports, got to the end. Seems like we ought to be like really happy about this. Yes. That, and it does seem like there's a lot of people that probably are, but like are afraid to say that they are for fear of what their mentions will yes. look like if it happens, right? This is a crucial and fundamental point. Yeah, this is, this is all in the Lego movie, guys. It's all in the movie. It blew me away, okay? How much this movie prophesies for, two, for an hour and a half. This okay. is like you and uh, uh, The Dark Knight, how you've always said, if that wasn't a movie about a cape and a cowl, it would be an instant Oscar. Yes. You're like, That's it was a- about a, a, gritty, a gritty detective, an Al Pacino or a De Niro yeah. played the, made the, the, the lead role. It's going to win every Best Picture award. Yes. Yeah, if this wasn't just made out of Legos, this is like the, the, the thinker, the chin scratcher that everybody's talking yes. about. Uh, yes. And... <sighs> That's... To me, don't get me... I want to make sure I say this exactly right, even though I'm probably not going to. The eternal fate and destiny is the, is the primary 
uh, is the primary purpose and interests we should have in every individual, okay? Corporately, though, as a society, there have been great societies that had no interest in a Judeo-Christian ethic. They built some of the seven wonders of the world, okay? That gave us modern notions uh, or proto-modern notions of mathematics and science. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. So they had God-given creativity, ingenuity. They didn't recognize the God that it came from, but they were interested in critically thinking it through and using it to its multi, its maximum potential. And look at still the, the great blessing they have given us as a species outside of orthodoxy, which to me indicates that the real death of a culture ultimately is even more carnal than its spiritual malaise and demise. It's when it gives up on critical thinking. It's when it, it's when it gives mm-hmm. up on trying to be different more when it gives up on that, when it, when it just settles for whatever it, it for whatever it is, that really yeah. is the, that's the, that's the death throes of a people. Well, there's a point in that movie. I remember watching it. I was like, Oh, is this going to take it way off until just accept everybody, love everybody because it's got the classic old school yep. uh, um, astronaut who finally gets to build what he wants to build. But in the end, it doesn't just go be whatever you, it's like, no, we, in our diversity, we must unite right. around common fundamental, undeniable purpose. Wild style even says the female character even says to Emmett, I wanted I wanted to be the special. Yeah. I wanted that. You know, that that I wanted to be someone who was involved in changing the way things are done. I, I wanted to be a part of that, that instinct. And it, it goes to, there's, listen, we could do an entire show of Babylon Bee headlines. We once did an overtime parody or prophecy with Babylon Bee headlines a couple of years ago. You guys remember that? Yeah. Where we just took like 20 recent Babylon Bee headlines. Is that a parody of something going on in the news or is that a prophecy of really who we are as a people? But one of the absolute smartest, most prophetically true Babylon Bee headlines I've ever seen is one they just ran last week. Man who agrees with literally every corporation thinks he's part of the resistance. Yeah. And that's... That's right. That's what's happening. Conformity now is 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 what is considered revolutionary. Conformity is. You know, the idea 20 years ago, no one would have called me on C-SPAN and said, well, the rest of the world did it. Why didn't we? I mean, nobody would have not on the Democratic line, Republican. Nobody would have done that. We just would have assumed, well, the rest of the world should be, be doing what we're doing as opposed to why aren't we doing what everybody else is? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That. That's dangerous because a a culture that won't even critically think is very difficult to even spiritually revive. I mean, what, what do you, what do you debate? What, what do you present to them? If they're, if, if the brain's turned off, if, if there's no reason there, then what are we, what are we even evangelizing with Mm -hmm. at that point? That'll do it for today's show. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.